if you can get over the million mark in EBITDA, then you can really sell because anything under a million in EBITDA, you're going to get maybe two to three X. So here's a big question. As a digital marketer, how can we accelerate our business with extreme momentum without all the turbulence and time suck? And how do we do it in a way that changes the lives of everyone around us? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Chad Kaderi, CEO of Dashclicks, and welcome to Marketer's Mindset. What's going on, everybody? We have Jason Swank from Colorado. Uh, Jason, uh, what is it that you actually do, and how do you generate revenue for your company? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, Chad. Uh, so what I do is I show people the right systems that they need to do in their agency to create the freedom um, to do basically what they want in their agency, whether it be grow it up and sell it or, uh, you know, keep it in, as an incubator agency. That's awesome. And um, obviously, I'm assuming that the avatars of profiles that you're going after is purely agencies. But is there, are you targeting people or are you helping people maybe in a better way where it might be startup agencies or is this guy's already coming in doing six, seven figures and just want to take it to the next level? Where's your sweet spot of where you can really help people? Yeah, they're all, they already have a team where they're transitioning to a team all the way up to about 40 million in revenue is our sweet spot. Okay, awesome. Um, and how many team members are on your team and what's the current breakdown of that? Yeah, so we have a rather small team of three. Uh, there's three of us, <laughs> which, awesome. is, lean, which is lean, nuts lean. from coming from a hundred people at our agency. So. Yeah. So for those, for those of you guys who have not uh, heard of Jason Swink, maybe we can do like a, a 30 minute rundown of your background. I know you, 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 you had a big you 30 seconds, right? 30 seconds, <laughs> big agency, scaled it, sold it. All right, on to the next question now. But let's, let's do like a, just a quick, for those, for people who have never heard of you and, and maybe want to also follow you at the same time, just give a quick background of what it is um, that you do. Yeah, I was an accidental agency owner. So in 99, someone asked me to design a website because I made a website making fun of one of my friends that looked like just Justin Timberlake and it was called <laughs> Inchet. And then, uh, so I, I didn't quickly grow it over the past, you know, maybe two, three years. Then we grew to about a million and then we just kept scaling from there to over an eight-figure agency. And then we eventually sold it uh, 12 years later. And then, um, you know, we worked with brands from LegalZoom, Hitachi, AT&T. So really big brands doing amazing things. A lot of fun things, had an amazing team. And then uh, two years after I sold, I was bored. And my old competitors were like, hey, how'd you do what you did? And I was like, well, let me put it in you know, videos and podcasts. And we've been doing that for six years where... Uh, we just act as a resource we wish we had. That's awesome. And I'm assuming, the, it, what's the reason, because people, you know, viewers, listeners, they might be wondering, if you have this big agency, why sell? What was the reason why you decided to pull the trigger and get out? Honestly, we, I did it ever since I was 22. And then the money was right. I like literally, like everything's for sale. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good money like, and you just, just been doing it for so long, right? Yeah. Um, I can relate. We've had our retail agencies, uh, social agencies since 2009. Um, so it's been quite a journey. And, uh, and then we switched over to Dash Clicks full time pretty much uh, about two years ago. And I think um, it's just once you do something for so long, you need, you need, you need something different in your life uh, to keep the motivation going. Um, so I can definitely relate to that. Um, and just curious, when you did sell your company, how many clients were you servicing right before the sale? How many guys? Uh, about 30. 30 clients, but you're talking about obviously big name brands. So what was, what was the average person paying you? About half a million. 
Wow. And that's obviously annual contracts or is that, that's not this annual. Okay. Annual. Great. What were you doing? Half a million dollars. There's most agencies that we have on the show. And you're talking about guys that are doing like Facebook ads campaigns, you know, two, three K a month, right? What do you do for a half a million dollars? Uh, we were doing a lot of user experience, a lot of strategy, a lot of um, custom development as well. Uh, so like we were one of the ones that helped be, build LegalZoom. Um, we did, wow. We did everything for Lotus Cars in the U.S. So we did their website and marketing and you know, all the digital. So um, a lot of different things. But here's the deal is like we didn't start there. Like everything big starts off small. So we started out with $500 websites. And then, yep. you know, just, just grew from there. So. Who, who, is, who is your the, that, that first client where like, holy shit, I think we just, we just closed one of our biggest clients ever, right? Who was that first person that was like, wow, we just closed these guys. These are our clients. Yeah, it was water.com, which was Crystal Springs or Bentley Springs. Like they have a bunch of, they're all springs, right? Yep. Um, and they were a billion dollar water company and we closed them. And then we leveraged that in order to, I think, get Aflac and a couple other ones. And then, you know, just kept stemming. But here's the deal. Like those big companies sound really good. And a lot of you guys want to work with them. They're really a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure they probably have to go through approval processes and a, yeah. a bunch of, of exactly. people collaboratively working with you. How, how big was that water.com deal when you got it? I mean, it started off small, right? Like I always tell people, you don't go in and you don't see the woman of your, or your significant other of, of your dreams and go up to them and ask them to marry you right off the bat. You have to, you know, build trust and you build that relationship. So I literally think, I think it started off at like a $500 image, like for one of their trucks. And then it just, kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and the funny yep. thing is, is then I actually married my client. <laughs> wow. You married. So is this from water.com? Yes. Wow. No, I, I, uh, well, that's how you close the deal. Ladies and gentlemen, there, there you there, go. You've heard it first. That's end of podcast. End of podcast. <laughs> there you go. That's how we got his first client. He had to marry her. <laughs> Just correct. First that's big awesome. One. That's awesome. And um, I know let's, let's back that a little bit. So you have your podcast, what's your podcast call also so the viewers can know smart agency masterclass. Awesome. So you got your podcast um, and I'm assuming you also have a YouTube channel probably. Um, And uh, anything else that you're doing to get content out? I mean, follow us on Instagram. We're starting to put together a lot on Instagram, uh, trying to figure that out, right? Like everything's always changing, but we have the podcast. uh, We have the podcast dialed in. (laughs) If you could take all of your audience put together, let's say your podcast listeners, your YouTube subs, your email list, uh, many chat bot subscribers, whatever it is, if you could take all those people and put it into one bucket, if Jason tomorrow wants to wake up in the morning and send out a message to the world, how many people do you think you're going to hit with that? How big's your audience? Well, I mean, the podcast gets 40,000 downloads per episode per month. So yeah, that's wow. by far our biggest. Um, and how long have you been doing the podcast for? This is now out of personal curiosity. Six years. Six years, right? So consistency, I'm obviously assuming, is what gets those numbers up. Exactly. That's amazing. Just a podcast alone is, I mean, that's that's an amazing asset to have. You can get your message across to four. That's like filling up a football stadium. Isn't that crazy? Podcast for what, yeah. like 15 minutes, maybe 15, 20 minutes? 20, 30 minutes, yeah. 20, 30 uh, minutes. Yeah, and twice a week. So, yeah, Mondays and wow. Wednesdays. So, yeah, that that is kind of crazy when you actually think about that. But, um, and the cool stat is, is like 95% of them listen to the whole way through. <laughs> wow. So the, the engagement rate is crazy. Cause I mean, if you, let me tell you something just from uh, coming, obviously we're in the world of creating content too, right? 
um, having somebody listen the almost a full way through your content, whether it's a video, whether it's reading your blog, listening to your podcast, that obviously means that people are super engaged. And not only what that means, if you like swing back, right, that means that your list also is super hot too, because they're listening to what you have to say and they're super interested in it. Um, which is incredible. But so how do you monetize all this? You have your podcast, you got all this content, but how do you actually make money? Do you have a coaching program, courses? Talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so there's, everybody works a little bit different, right? So there's certain people that want to work on their own and do it themselves. So I have a, a program that I created a number of different years ago that we update all the time called the Agency Playbook. And it's an eight system framework that goes through everything that we've done through building the agency and what we've learned over the years, even what we're doing, applying into the new agency that we own that's quickly grown. Um, so they can get that. It's called the agency playbook. If you go to the website and everything's there. And then we have an exclusive um, uh, mastermind called the digital agency elite. And this is for, you know, the top agencies, um, you know, that want to get together on an ongoing basis and have a lot of fun. And, and then uh, the funnest thing I do it's called the Digital Agency Experience, where I invite those mastermind members out to my house in Colorado, where we play for three days, climbing mountains and riding steam engines, and we do work, but a lot of fun too. <laughs> that sounds fun. And what, what's like the what's a because that to me sounds like a, a value ladder. You, you know, you got your small offer, middle offer, and then the higher end offer. Mm -hmm. What's the pricing model look like if you can strip everything back? Like. Is it a thousand, five thousand, fifty thousand? Like, what is what's the cost for all those three packages? So, so people can learn as they're trying to structure their core offers. Yeah, I mean, the the playbook is sixteen hundred uh, one time, and then they have lifetime access and always get updates. Uh, the mastermind. And that's is that's no touch, right? That's just you jump into a, you know an education platform and you're going through the video trainings, right? Yeah, and then they get access to you know their the, the community and all that of the thousands of people that have gone through it, so yep. they can tap on them. Is that well. what are you using for that Facebook group? Yeah, Facebook and Slack. And so Slack, we're starting yeah. to kind of move over to to Slack. And then what's how's, the that, yeah. how's that working? I just want to jump in really quick because we have Slack in our <clears throat> excuse me in our middle tier program. And um, I, we actually moved away from the Facebook group for the private, more of like the private style coaching. Um, and it just becomes more personal that way. I don't know why, but I feel we have our Facebook group. There's like, you know, about 5,000 agencies in there. Um, but it's a lot of, you know, just generic questions, people coming in and out. And then you have like this like small, cool community of like, let's say a hundred or so people in this private program that we have. It almost feels like this, this like little space where you can just share ideas and be super creative. Um, what do you get? What, what's that feeling that you get versus like Facebook group and Slack? Is there, is there, you feel the same way? Well, for the mastermind, we transitioned from the faith, uh, from Facebook to Slack and the engagement's gone way up. Right. Um, because you got to think the people that are getting into, um, you know, the mastermind, they're at least a million and above. Yep. Right. And so they're a little bit busier and they don't want the distractions of Facebook. Um, so, you know, Slack's been better for us on that, but you know, it just, it really depends, right? Like on playbook, that's why we have, you know, both, both groups were like, whichever one you want, yep. go for it. Yep. It's like three levels. So, so 1600 bucks coming in for the playbook and what's the middle tier offer? How much is that one? A uh, thousand dollars every four weeks. Okay, cool. And is that recurring, just never ending or is that, okay. So it's just, as long as you're in the program, thousand bucks every, so thousand bucks a month, pretty much. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to lock anybody in for a long time. Uh, but once people get in, like <laughs> people don't go as long as they show up there and we're more the, 
more the ones of like if they don't show up we ask them to leave because they're taking up someone's spot so do you cap it out is there like a certain level of people that you leave in there like 100 people and that's it no more people are allowed in the doors 75. keep it cool and 75 people that's awesome um and uh, and then your higher end package now if i want to come out and hang out at your house what does that cost yeah uh 15 to 25,000 depending on if we're just meeting for the day or if we're going to work together for a couple months afterwards. Awesome. And uh, a lot of entrepreneurs coming on here, listening to the podcast, what would be, you know, what's the biggest needle mover that you had that that one thing, whether it was in your agency or whether it was in this coaching program that you have, what's the one thing that was like that aha light bulb moment where like, this is, this is the thing that's going to generate me either the most revenue or take my company to the next level. I mean, the, it's the easiest thing you could do is raise your pricing. <laughs> I mean, by far. Like, yep. And here's the telltale sign if you're not charging enough, if you're too busy. If you constantly be like, I'm just too busy to do X. I'm like, well, you're not charging enough. What, or, right. What, what would you say for an agency owner? I want to I peel the onion back on that just a little bit. What would you say for an agency owner who's, let's say, starting, not starting out, but they got a couple clients, right? Not, obviously, they're not going after like Zoom and all these large companies, right? Regular, you know, regular agency. Um, what would you say like a sweet spot is to charge a client? What, would, what should people create their offers based around like that pricing model? Because I see a lot of people are like, I'm gonna charge $500 a month and they're gonna get X, Y, and Z. I'm gonna charge three grand a month. Like where, where's that sweet spot for, for somebody that's coming in to actually start at? Well, I think that it's, there's two parts to this, right? So you have to think about what's the, what's the floor that you need to really kind of set. And that's based on the value that your client's actually going to get, right? So just coming up with a number out of your ass, and, you know, that's, it's just going to be a number, right? Like, yep. but if you can figure out like, what's the, like every six months, so depending on when you're listening to this podcast, our prices hopefully go up. They've always gone up. And the reason being is, is every six months we look at the value that our clients and members are actually getting. We look at it and then we average it out and then we divide it by 10, right? Because we want every dollar someone gives us, we want them to get 10 X, you know, back. Okay. So that's coming up with the floor. Now here's the, the second part of the thing is that's just being like, okay, I want them to get 10 X. And then also looking at that number of going, does this get me to my goal of allowing me to do what I need to do? Right. Because a lot of people yep. are like, well, I'm going to come up with the pricing based on my expenses now. And you may not have any employees, but then you have to hire three employees. And you're like a couple of years go by. You're like, I used to make a lot more money a long time ago, <laughs> but now I'm not right. And then it, you just go back. Yeah. Um, and so you need to kind of match those up. And then the, the last part of it is really figuring out the client's expectations. So we always had variable pricing depending on who we we're chatting with. I learned this the hard way when I went into a client or a prospect, just absolutely nailed the, um, nailed the meeting. And they were like, Jason, how much for a website? And we were like 20 grand. And they kind of laughed and lost the deal. Go back to the office. People are like, who'd you chat with? And I was like, some company, Brookshire or something. They're like, Brookshire Hathaway? I was like, yeah. And they're like, you idiot. And I lost the deal. I asked them and they go, we were expecting 300,000. So that's why we'd have variable pricing of going, if your expectation is up here, you better come up here. Because if I sell you a $100 Ferrari, you're going to be like, is it a matchbox car? Is it stolen? Like, what am I missing, right? Love that answer. Love that answer. And that, that makes, that makes sense. I think what most people struggle with is, is what to charge and the value to give, um, especially new agencies coming into the space. Um, 
they get lost sometimes with all these different services. I mean, you're going, you're trying to sell SEO, Facebook ads, Google ads, website, listing, social media posting, content. I mean, the list goes on, right? You can get super creative as an agency owner. What I like to tell most agencies is to just dial it in and be really good at a couple of services um, because you can definitely create a, a list of a hundred services to offer, but dial in the ones that you're really, really good at and focus on creating a package and an offer around that. And obviously mixing in now what you're saying is make sure you're speaking to the right person and crafting the offer to the right person. Right. Um, and, um, and, and that makes, that makes perfect sense. What now we're, we're in 2020 now automations is getting, crazy. Everybody wants to automate everything in their life. I mean, if they can automate their life, they probably automate their life, which is pretty sad now. Right. Um, but what would you think, or what do you know that the number one most successful automation is that you have within your company? And that can be anything from like a Zapier or a funnel that just works on autopilot. What's the sexiest, coolest automation you have within your agency? Uh, it used to be, um, my messenger bot. And I'll tell you why it used to be is because everybody started copying it and then it's not new anymore, right? So what we used to do is we got rid of our contact page at the time because I was tired of everybody trying to spam me. And I was like, I'm gonna make a messenger bot. So this was like three years ago. And we automated it, but we didn't want to trick anybody. And we called it the Don Draper bot, right? Because all I help is agency owners. And so it asked a couple questions, be like, are you an agency owner? What's your revenue? And then, and then um, it would take the automation, it would set up with automation, but then I would personally respond. And I still personally respond. And I re respond with an audio message most of the time. Be like, hey, Chad, thanks for coming to the, you know, asking a great question. I mean, and they'd be like, how'd you automate that? I'm like, it's not automated, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. So you're, you automated with Messenger Bot, you automated the original, the, the start of the conversation and got them through. Um, um, and maybe filter them. I don't know if you feel you're using those questions. It, to it does. And if you go to my contact page, I did put my contact page back because a lot of people just want to hit me up to, you know, uh, pick my brain, which is yep. basically saying, I want to take your, like pay you nothing. <laughs> I'm like, that's hey, why can I, I get a half hour of your time? <laughs> that, that, I mean, that, I, and I go to them, I'm like, that's why we have 2000 pieces of free content. So you can pick that brain. Like and yeah. that's way smarter than me because I forget shit. Um, but like, if you go to the page on the very bottom of the contact page, you'll see the messenger bot and you can mess with it. Like, um, if you say I'm not an agency owner, they'll tell you a joke. And like, is that, what's, what's the website in case people want to go test yeah, it out? J uh, just go to jasonswank.com and then click on contact. Yeah. You're going to have, you might have uh, an exponential amount of inquiries coming out That's here fine. in the next couple of weeks. And, 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 be and I respond to, I re respond to all of them. Um, and people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, well, you know, when I'm at my kids swim meet or track meet when they used to have those, like, <laughs> like it's a lot of watching sitting around. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what CRM are you using right now to organize all of this influx of either leads or inquiries that are coming in? Yeah, currently I'm using active campaign. Active campaign. Awesome. And what, what is your, let's talk about, cause obviously the sales process is different with from agency and then coaching, right? Mm -hmm. Um, what does your sales process look like? Uh, it let's, let's go to the agency side really quick. Let's flip to the agency side. Cause I know we got obviously all agency owners on here and that's probably what they're going to be more geared towards. Um, when you were running your agency, when you had your agency, um, what, what did your sales process look like? I mean, a lot of people are doing Zoom calls. People are just doing phone calls. They're trying to do like one call closes. What, is, what, is, what did your sales process actually look like? Well, I mean, 
let's go back to that one other question you're saying, like selling services. Like we didn't sell services, we sold the results, right? We, we looked at how can we put a number of these services that they needed into a solution. So our first call is basically like trying to figure out, can we actually help them, yep. right? And we're going through what I call NBAT, need, budget, authority, and timing, right? Like I need to qualify them to make sure I'm talking to the right people. Like what's their need? Can I match up? What's the budget? Right. And I know everybody's asking me like, well, I can't figure out the budget. Like, or they say, you tell me, I'm like, no, you can get the budget 99% of the time by asking them this, be like, what's your budget? I don't have one. Cool. I love working with people that don't have a budget so we can spend, we don't have to worry about money. And then they'll be like, what? And then I'll be like, oh, so you do have a budget. And then you have to start high, which I call a reverse auctioneer. I'm like, so are you trying to stay around and start really high? Like if my highest pricing proposal was 100, I'm going to start at a million. They're like, are you trying to stay around a million, 500,000, go down because they'll remember the first number. And then you go into authority and then timing, right? And then once you qualify them, then you have to go through what I call the three eyes. What's the biggest issue with what you want? What's the impact it's going to have on your business or having on your business now? And how important is it to you, right? Ask those questions. And then from that, then we start moving on and going, making sure we position the right thing, the right offering. I call it the offering ladder, right? So you're not coming in selling a big retainer. And, and everybody wonders if they're doing SEO or pay-per-click and they're like, well, I do month to month because it's easier. I'm like, yeah, dummy. And I used to do the same thing so I can call you a dummy because I was the biggest dummy of all of us, right? And if this dummy can figure it out, all of you can. And so what I realized is, it's hard to sell a, a big retainer, especially if you're wanting to sell your agency one day, right? Or have that predictable revenue. It's hard to sell a retainer when they've never tested you out. So why don't you position something to help them? Maybe a roadmap to get them to what, right? Position something very small, maybe 2,000, 5,000. I don't care. I don't even care if you lost money on that. But you position something to get that deal. That's what we did with Lotus Cars, right? Yep. Rather than pitching a big website like all the other Joe Schmoes out there, all the Me Too agencies. And so we positioned something small that, and then from that, that identified the plan. And we'd be like, do you like the plan? And we build it with them. They'd be like, yeah, sure, I do. And I'd be like, cool. Um, it's uh, this amount to go execute on this. And they would love it. And then once they start seeing value from that, then we'd start positioning the retainer. And we just keep staggering and building, you know, right, you know, those things up. And that's how we, you know, our sales process works. Love it, man. Love it. And then I, I, I'm sitting here thinking, and I know other people think you said you sold your agency, right? Mm -hmm. What, what are some of the metrics? Like if somebody is looking to buy an agency, what are the metrics that they're going to look at in your agency? Are they buying a book of business? Are they buying a team? They, are they buying, you know, because you have a hundred K and MRR, are they buying because your churn rate's super low? What are, what are like the actual metrics? Like when you sold your agency, the person who bought your agency, what did they actually look at? Was it a, what was the multiple, right? Was it two, three, five X for an agency? Because agencies, softwares, I mean, these all have different multiples when you're doing an exit, right? Let's go through the exit process for somebody who might already have an agency and is looking to bow out. What, what does that look like? I mean, it's a long conversation. So uh, I'll go over maybe the six things we look at. So like the agency that I currently own now, we've bought seven agencies in the past 10 months. And, and wow. here's what we actually look for. And if you guys know the numbers, it makes you even more attractive. And then I'll tell you about how we do evaluation, right? So the first thing and the most important thing is EBITDA, which is, you know, you're really your net profit, 
right? Um, and so you have to make sure that. And if you can get over the million mark in EBITDA, then you can really sell because anything under a million in EBITDA, you're going to get maybe two to three X. Now are you talking is. net or gross? So you're talking purely net, net right? Yeah. Okay. Gross is irrelevant. I don't care yeah. about gross. Um, that, like people that brag, you know, on that, I'm like, most people brag on gross revenue. And I'm like, no, yeah. like profit is everything. The next is uh, monthly reoccurring revenue, right? Um, and then the next one after is what I call act, right? What's your average contract term? And that's why I'm saying like, did you do 12 you months forecast. or how long are you holding on to clients? Yep. Because we want predictability. Um, then we're looking at your churn rate percentage and it better be low. If it's high, then we're going to be like, that's dive good. into that really quick. What's, what's a healthy churn rate for an agency? Under 10%. Okay. And for those of you guys listening, if you're unsure of what a churn rate is, essentially what a churn rate is, is how many clients did you have last month versus how many you had this month, right? It's a simple yep. math equation, right? So if you're losing um, 10% monthly churn, um, that's a lot. That means you're losing 10% of your business every single month as your business is running, right? So you want it, you want it to be below 10%. That's a healthy number. Um, so, okay, what, what other things? So churn rate, what else, what else do you really look at? Your AER, which is your average expansion revenue, like as you take on a client at 10,000, are you growing that to 20,000? Like what's yep. the average you've been growing that? And then the last one we've actually started looking at is net promoter score. Like, do your clients actually like you? Like, are they actually tell, saying good things, right? Yep. Um, you know, Where do you look for that? Is that, are you looking at reviews online or is this like a, you're just going around well, and we, we, we're hoping that the agency has it right. And then we're asking, well, how often do you send this out? What's the process, that kind of stuff, especially if we go into due diligence. Um, so those are really the six things. Um, you know, if, even if you're not doing the net promoter score, like those are the top five things that we're looking at when we're going to buy an agency. Um, and so, uh, and then let's say there's also ranges, right? And if you go to our, if you go on my homepage, jasonplank.com and scroll down a little bit, you'll see a evaluation, agency evaluation formula that you guys can use. Uh, that gives you a bunch of ranges, but let's say you're at a million in EBITDA. Most of the time it's around four to five X in valuation. And then we break it up. So like when we come in with like Republics, which is the agency, we'll say, all right, uh, we'll value at 5 million, uh, two and a half million is going to be cash up front. The other two and a half is going to be an ownership in the new agency. You're going to stay the same, right? Um, and then when we sell, because our whole goal is to build that up to 50 million EBITDA and sell it or go public. And our whole goal is for them to get 10 apps on that two and a half. So hopefully that turns into 25. So it takes some chips off the table. But so are you keeping for safety purposes, you're keeping the agency owner on for six, 12 months. How long are they staying? We want them to stay on. Okay. So yeah, you're like, just essentially buying into the company for the, for the most exactly. part. Exactly. And they're basically taking chips off the table, right? Yeah. And cashing in a little bit, but then having huge other opportunity in every state, everything stays the same, but more resources like brand name, all that. And there's multiple ways that people do it. Like this is just the way that we've done it. That's worked really well for us so far. Yeah. So healthy economics in your agency um, will probably get you, let's say, right around 4X multiple, right? So even for the smaller guys, does it make sense? Because there's, there's a lot of smaller guys who are watching this podcast as well who might be doing $100,000, let's say. Would, would companies even look at that to, to buy them out? Um, I mean, 100, uh, 100K MRR, if you, even if you're doing you know, 2K a month average client term, um, you know, you got, you got 50 clients, uh, and whether it's, you know, six month, 12 month term, whatever it is, 
would you still look into buying a company that's doing 100K EBITDA? Uh, for us, no, because the same amount of work for a million in EBITDA to 100K, and it's yeah. not much benefit, right? Um, so it's just, it's the amount of sheer time, right? That's yeah. our most valuable asset. Um, but there are people like, look, if you're 100K and you want out, there's people that will buy you, but you're not, right? It's mainly is going to be tied up into an earnout, which you're not going to control. And it's basically just kind of take over this company, give me a little ownership, maybe, maybe a little money and pay my salary, right? And that's perfectly fine for some people. There's, you don't have to have huge exits. Would you say it's worth it at that point if you're at that to just keep ramping it up and at least try to get to the million mark before? That's what I tell people. I'm like, look, you're, you're like, it's like a golf putt, right? You miss the putt and, and it's like this far off. And that's a lot of people like you could go like if you figure out like a framework to follow or, you know, you raise your prices or you do some of these, put these strategies in place, you could be at the million and even before you know it. Like it's like. It's just I, about, about where you're at. I want to, I want to, I want to take an extra couple of minutes. I want to dive because I like getting into like economics and health of agencies and things like that. Cause I don't think it's topics that most people speak about. I think in the agency space, everybody's so focused on just like, how do I get more clients? How do I oh, grow yeah. my company? Right. That's totally, so, that's totally a mistake. Here's yeah. your pipeline. Here's your funnel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Talk to me about, I want to ask two questions. First question I have for you is what's a good gross profit margin for an agency? Well, so, well, I'll talk about net margins, right? Yeah. I, like, I think that's more important, at least over 30%. Okay. Where's the sweet spot? If you see a company, you're like, this guy's got 35%. This is a healthy, sweet company. Um, would you say it's, you say it's right around 30%? Where's, how about this? Maybe, let me, let me phrase that a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the agency that you've seen? Cause you probably, it seems like you deal with a lot of agencies, right? Looking, looking to acquire agencies. Where is the highest net profit that you've seen? I've seen 70. 70%. Mm-hmm. And that's, you think about that, you have to have, in order to have, okay, so in order to have 70% profit margins, you have to have a very lean machine, number one. And number two, you have to have high paying clients because in service, in the game that we're in, um, it's all about people, right? You're not selling t-shirts, you're not selling products. Uh, you're selling time. That's what most people figure out. So it's essentially it's the value of time. If I trade you, uh, you know, most agencies are selling $100 an hour, $200 an hour. Well, how do you actually bring that net revenue up? It's, it's if you take back everything and unfold it, okay, well, how much is your time worth? And then calculate that. Now you're selling not your time, obviously, but your team's time, right? Because we only have so much time in a day. Yeah, so I think people lose a lot if they're just if they're charging by the hour, right? Because think about like, like you, let's say what you used to do last year for your agency, this year takes you half the time. Yeah. So if you're charging on time, that means you're losing 50% more. Yep. <laughs> that's that's why I want people to sell on value. <laughs> yep. That, that makes more sense too. Okay. So that's the first question that I had for you is because I always, I always see people, especially people inside of our Dashlix platform. Um, and, and this is going to piggyback into the second question here. Um, fulfillment is a big thing, right? In the agency space. Um, what, what's it like? Cause I mean, you're, if you're, if you're, if you're talking or buying companies or acquiring companies that are doing over a million dollars in EBITDA, they obviously have a team, right? There's, there's a team behind them. Is it easier to fulfill orders yourself or would you recommend, especially newer agencies coming into the market where maybe they're under the hundred K MRR, 
uh, or even two, 300K MRR, is it easier to outsource or is it easier to just build the team? It depends on the individual, right? You have to do like a self assessment of like, what do you want? Like, you know, our, our first agency and even uh, this agency now, it's all physical like employees, right? Yep. Like, um, but a lot of the clients that I've worked with um, and in the mastermind, a lot of them have a hybrid model. Some have all outsourced. Yep. But if you're all outsourced, you're not going to be that valuable to an acquirer. I just tell you because it's, it's very risky. But what I tell people, and, and if, if I was going to do it over again by myself, um, I would have all the managers and the leaders in the agency as full-time like employees and then all the like writing creative that would all be outsourced yeah most of the grunt work which is really what takes the majority of the time especially if you're filling a large amount of orders and you're servicing 50 100 clients um you know we have we have a lot of and this is this is i'm going to touch on one thing that you said also it's you know some agencies will will only do like let's say half of the services they'll they'll pour it out you know I'm a, I'm, an, I'm a website design company. I want to do all my websites, but I don't want to build the whole SEO team or I don't want to build the whole Google Ads team. It's just not something that I'm interested in, right? So I'm going to go and I'm going to farm that out, right? And we have a lot of people in Dashlix that do that. We also have people in Dashlix that will come and they focus their whole business model is how do I sell more and keep more? And I don't want to do the stuff that's in between because that, that requires a lot of, you know, hiring and training employees, especially in the service industry where you're dealing with a lot of technology um, can tend to be difficult. And if you're not the technical person to go out and do that, then you need to hire really high level people on your team to go out and be able to perform those, um, those tasks like running a Google ads campaign or a Facebook ads campaign or whatever the case is. So they'll go and they'll focus purely on front end They're, They just want to dial in their sales process and they get really good project managers to be able to manage the projects. And we've seen people scale to over seven figures, um, over seven figures in revenue going at that model. Um, so just a, a, some tidbit of information for you guys. It's not always that you have to outsource everything. It could be just maybe outsourcing it. There's massive companies massive companies and you wouldn't even know it that are outsourcing certain departments because they just they don't want to to deal with the headache sometimes of building that whole thing out yeah i mean right. i think amazon and fedex outsources some there you of the go drivers. i mean there you go perfect example I, I just saw someone dry off in their prius and drop off a package yeah from fedex yeah. So. Uh, there you go, 100%. And you know, it's funny you say that because Amazon, you know that, you, I, I think I read an article, Amazon, I think 40% of, or something like that, I think it was 40% of the revenue that Amazon makes is actually not from selling their own products. Or maybe it was 60%. It was some crazy number like that, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that that was crazy. I'm just going to say that. Anyways, to wrap this all up, Jason, I'm going to ask you one final question. What is the favorite software tool that you use to run your business day to day? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I'd say Canva. Canva. Okay. That's I a really, first. I, I really like it just because it's so like, I'm a big Photoshop person or I used to be. Same here. Um, and uh, I don't know. I've just been messing with it for my team to be able to, you know, create some thumbnails and amazing artwork. I'm like, here's the template. Go have at it. <laughs> so, all right, ladies and gentlemen, Canva it is. Guys, um, uh, Jason Swank, all the way out of Colorado. Jason, thank you so much for joining us here 
on this very special episode of the Marketer's Mindset Podcast. We appreciate your time, uh, and hopefully we will get you on here soon in the near future. Have a good one. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Bye. Want more of Marketer's Mindset? Join our private Facebook group where agencies from all over the world share strategies, network, and scale their business together. Visit facebook.com slash groups slash marketers mindset to get instant access. Also, if this podcast impacted you in any way, please share it with friends and leave us a review on iTunes as that really helps build our community.